everyone, and welcome back to another new episode of Live from Pawnee. I'm Alan, and with me as always is my co-host, Mark. Mark, how goes it with you today? Hey, Alan, I am doing great, buddy. I've been relaxing during a much-needed uh, Thanksgiving work break. Yeah. I'm, I'm full of... Uh, turkey and gravy and pumpkin pie. Uh, I, I finally got an opportunity to watch uh, Shang-Chi. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I like it. It's really it good. very, very good. Very good. Yeah. I love that guy from uh, Kim's Convenience is where I first know him, but he's oh, yeah, very, yeah. very talented. Yeah. I highly recommended. Yeah, sitcom, by yeah the way. that was a great show. I think that's in our top three Marvel film just based on enjoyment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Great time. And in addition to all that, I've been enjoying myself watching and rewatching the season three finale. Oh my. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I know we talked about this a little last week. It's just hard to believe it's the end of season three. I know. Um, we're going to, we had the, you know, kind of the, we, we talked about how weird season three was and how it started, how there's kind of like this climax right in the middle with Harvest Festival. Right. And then we get back to business and now we're finally wrapping it up. Yep. And you know what else this has in common with Harvest Festival? Hmm. It's got a 27 plus minute runtime on the producer's cut. Oh, holy cow. Yeah. So there's a lot of content to cover here. There today. sure is. Yeah. yeah. You know, I was thinking, uh, you know, uh, maybe this was Constantine's idea. I don't know. Uh, what do you think if we would do this in two parts like we did with Harvest Festival? We'll cover part of this today. And then maybe as a bonus, we could then throw our viewers an extra episode, maybe one of our uh, Pawnee Spotlights, for example. This week and next week, but break it into two parts so it's a little, you know, Mark, I don't want it to go like two hours. That's really what I'm trying to avoid. Yeah, that sounds like a lot of work. Yeah, no, I, yeah. I, I like that idea. Not, a lot. not that we've we, ever done that, that before. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. For purposes of this conversation, let's say no. Yeah. Lawyers told me I can't talk about that. Yeah. Well, Mark, then since we're agreed on that, why don't we get into the breakdown of part one of this episode? Right. All right. Let's do that. All right. Well, Season three, episode 16 is, of course, Little Sebastian. Lil. Lil. Mm -hmm. Lil Sebastian. Yeah. Yeah. That's easy to say. Mm -hmm. uh, again, we have a 2753 runtime on the producer's cut. Jeez, I'm crow. Yeah, I know it, right? I know. Because uh, Harvest Festival is less than 26. Uh, and then we've got a 2120, a very standard runtime on the standard episode, yeah. Yeah. which, of course, I think uh, was probably what originally aired. Um, I'm really glad that they do these producers cuts now and especially that they've made them available to people. You know, we watch them on the DVDs because we like yeah. to get the bonus scenes and all the other we stuff. We highly well. recommend. We highly recommend you pick up the DVDs. Yep. We don't get anything from that. Although if NBC wants to start cutting us a check, we're fine with that. Stop them. Yeah. Yeah. I won't stop them. Uh, but, you know, if you can and if you have Peacock, I believe they're also airing the producers cuts on there as well. I think that's true. I, I would also say, though, as cool as the Peacock Network is, there's a benefit to having the, the, oh, yeah. the, the DVD no and all the extra stuff that yeah, comes in there. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I couldn't do stop frame, you know, and analysis on Peacock. That's right. Yeah. So there's that. Well, Mark, this episode aired on May 19th, 2011, along with The Bubble, the bubble as we right. mentioned last week. So we're cramming him in here at the end. Yep. Today's episode was directed by Dean Holland and written by Dan Gore. We know both those guys. Yep. Uh, I think for Dean, this is like his seventh of 27 he directed. I think he, I've mentioned before he was their most prolific director, did the largest number of episodes as a director. And he was also a producer on, you know, 127 episodes. So mm -hmm. he's really in, enmeshed in the show for sure. Uh, Dan Gore, who we, we also know and like a lot. This is the sixth of 10 he wrote. He also served as a producer for 84 episodes and directed two of them. So very nice. You know, yeah. on, on a related note, note i am getting done right now with season seven oh of brooklyn, of brooklyn yeah you're getting close to the end there 
Yeah. So, all right. Well, I'm anxious to see your final report when you get done with season eight. All right. I'm, I'm, I've been writing it, so I'll okay. let you know. All right. Well, Mark, should we get into our synopsises for today? Should we? I mean, yeah, we should. We should. All right. And, and again, there's no spoiler alert here for for part two, right? Right. All right. right. Good. All right. So uh, I've tried to figure out how many stories are there in this sucker? I'm curious what you came up with. I've Me got, too. Let's see what here. the heck I did here. <laughs> 17. Um, I had four. I had four as well. Did you really? I did. Don't no, tease me. I'm not. All right. I had four too. I'm Mark. Okay. <laughs> no. So, so All right. A story. Let's do this. <laughs> so A story I had titled as Lil Sebastian, We Barely Knew Ye. Leslie announces Lil Sebastian, Pawnee's beloved celebrity mini horse, has died. And, aw, and the parks department will hold a memorial Wait service a for him. Little Sebastian dies in this episode. I'm sorry. I, I, I said no spoilers, but I, I, look. I, I don't know if I can go on, Mark. Look, take a moment. Compose yourself. We 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 have some emergency vodka right next to you. So we, <laughs> we can we can get through this, buddy. We can. All right. All right. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Carry on. All right. Well, so, yeah, the Parks Department is going to hold a memorial service for Lil Sebastian. And Tom suggests they hire uh Entertainment 720 for the event, a production company recently started by uh, uh, John Ralphio, who we know and love, mm-hmm. um, since they'll do it for free just to get the pub, the, the publicity. Pub, yeah. <laughs> As the city <laughs> prepares for the memorial service, Leslie and Ben are caught making out by, uh, I called him George the Janitor. I guess he's a yeah, maintenance exactly worker. Right. George the Janitor. So they're caught making out by George the Janitor. So they send him home in exchange for his silence. Unfortunately, now George isn't there and George has the propane for the uh, little Sebastian uh, uh, eternal flame that they want to light. Um, and this results in uh, I Love Lucy type confusion behind yeah. the scenes and the ripple effect of chaos ensues. And Leslie and Ben are, are struggling to stay ahead of it throughout the night. Yeah. What will happen? Can Leslie and Ben prevent everything from crumbling into madness? How will the audience react to Andy's tribute song? Will the lighting of the eternal flame go off without a hitch? Stay tuned to find out. Dot, dot, dot. Very nice. All right. right. I had the same A story. All right. So far, we're tracking. What you got on the B? Awesome. Awesome. Okay. B story. uh, I have titled Bensley Gets Busted. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Un- unbelievable. We're still in sync. We're seeing Patty yeah. go. Okay. Leslie and Ben continue their romance despite a no dating policy at City Hall, but they have difficulty keeping it a secret. Ron finds out, confronts them, and warns them that Chris will fire them if he learns out about it. He learns about it and he won't be able to stop him. As the city prepares for the aforementioned Little Sebastian Memorial Service, Leslie and Ben are caught making out by the maintenance worker named George, and they they send him home with a gift certificate in exchange for his silence. Since the missing maintenance worker causes this chaotic ripple effect we alluded to, Leslie and Ben are really rethinking their relationship and what they agreed to allow at work. How will this turn out? Will Leslie and Ben get caught by anyone else? Will they eventually be fired because of the relationship? Stick around. All will be revealed. Dot, dot, dot. All right. Very nice. All right. I've named him George Jansen, by the way, instead of George Jetson, you know, because he's not Jetson, but he is a janitor. So he's George Jansen. Meet George Jansen. He caught Leslie with Ben and they were kissing and hugging. It's pretty good. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, I'm talented. Okay. So the C story. Uh, I entitled Tommy's Dreams upon learning of and I should say there's a lot of overlap between these, but I felt there like they are, were they were yeah. distinct enough that I wanted yeah. to kind of separate them out. You probably couldn't have your your C story without your A story. 
Now, right. your C story is my D story, but I think we have the same four stories. Right. Yeah. Right. I think you're right. Yeah. All right. So C story, Tommy's dreams. Upon learning of Lil Sebastian's memorial service, as we know, Tom suggests they hire Entertainment 720 for the event. Not only a production company started by John Ralphio, but it was based off of an idea that Tom originally had. At the memorial service, Tom takes his job very seriously, and he does a great job overseeing everything Entertainment 720 related. And at several points, we see John Ralphio encourage Tom to come join him at Entertainment 720. But Tom is hesitant to leave his stable job at City Hall to essentially roll the dice with John Ralphio. What will happen? How will the audience react to Entertainment 720's video tribute? Will John Ralphio convince Tom to come join him? Can Tom handle the stress of coconut the mini horse taking a live dump on stage? <laughs> Stay tuned to find out. Dot, dot, dot. Ah, coconut. We barely knew thee. Yeah. In your road apples. Well, we, we know his road apples. Yeah. All right. So I had the D story as titled as tendinitis, the silent killer. <laughs> <laughs> Or not so silent because. Right. He, well, and I don't I have my armband on today, not because of my little Sebastian, you know, memorial thing, but because of mine. Oh, I so. thought you were just little Sebastian Armstrong. Uh, yeah, let's call it that. OK, sure. <laughs> All right. The extremely health conscious Chris finds out he has tendonitis and yep. he takes the news. So because for him, that's like thunder. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Basically, you're going to die now. Well, I mean, compared to what he's had before. Yeah, oh, true. So he takes the news very seriously and he, he like it makes him think about a lot of things. It makes him question his immortality, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, so he talks his to him. immortality. Well, he questions that because I think that was I'm not saying he knew he was going to be immortal. I am saying it was on the table. Well, 150 years. He believes he will be the first person to live 150 years. And that's just a starting point. That's true. Then we'll see what happens. Yeah. Conservative so, estimate. <laughs> so Chris talks to Anne, the nurse. Uh, multiple times. That's how Ron refers to her as just yeah. the, nurse, the nurse. The nurse. He talks to Anne, the nurse, multiple times about his condition, uh, asking her advice and what it means, etc. Anne finally loses patience with Chris and tells him she's not his nurse, not his girlfriend. And given their odd history, she's just not ready to be his friend. How will this turn out? Will tendinitis turn out to be the flaw in Chris the microchip trigger? Will Anne ever feel comfortable being friends with Chris again? Will Chris ever be friends with Dr. Harris? Stick around. All will be revealed. Dot, dot, dot. I'm going to spoiler alert this one. No one will ever be friends with Dr. Harris. He's a butt. He I really I do not like him. Sam, I am. Sam, I am. Yeah. Well, nice job, Mark. Uh, should we do our AKAs really quick before we move on into the breakdown? Yes, we should. Well, I now, did you do four of them? I did four. Wow. Maybe that's a bit much. I, I, I tried to do one from each yeah. one. So I'll just try to go through these real quick. Yeah. I'll, I'll go in reverse order. So from the D story, the, the tendonitis story, yeah, yeah. The, the, the line that made me laugh the hardest and still I can't watch it without laughing <laughs> is when Dr. Harris actually gives him the news. And he's not he's kind of what you call a butt. Yeah. I already said he's rude. Yeah. yeah. He's very, very sarcastic. <laughs> I think Chris asked him, like, what's okay, what's the cure? Yeah. Build a time machine, go back to being 20. And Chris, he, Chris <laughs> is very polite, but you can see he's genuinely hurt by this. Like, and he uh-huh. says, Dr. Harris, you are literally the meanest person I've ever met. <laughs> and I think it's the calm way that he says it, but yeah. you know he means it. I just find no, that so funny. Really good. So anyway, that's yep. that. Um, from my C story, Tommy's Dreams. Um, 
so this is a spoiler alert to one of the what will happen questions. Uh-oh. Code Red, Coconut just took a dump on stage. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's going to happen. Um, from the B, what I had is the B story. Bensley gets busted. Yeah. Um, very simply. Q, but Q, but. Yep. That's oh it. God. And then from the A story, there are so many. I th- This one stood out for some reason. It's kind of long, though. So I had. They're talking about little Sebastian and like they're they're because when they first find out and they're yeah. kind of mourning a little bit and and Leslie is trying to get like make him feel better and she says he's in heaven now doing the two things he loves the most eating carrots and urinating freely. <laughs> <laughs> I'm jealous. I mean that's the dream, right? It really is. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, you come look me up in five years and you will talk. I, I I've already <laughs> considered this. I've already started. I- <laughs> Oh, no, no, Not again, no, no, no. Why is the cork on the fork? OK, uh, anyway. Oh, so, yeah. Wow. What you got, buddy? So I, I was so like you said, the A storyline had so many. I kind of stopped there. I mean, well, first of all, I also got the perfect one. And I oh. thought, oh, well, nice. I mean, this is really go know, out on a high note. Well, go out on a high note. Yeah. And it's kind of a two parter of a nature anyway. Oh, okay. So, right. So a storyline, little Sebastian has passed, you know, we've already kind of, you know, spilled the tea there, there. Um, but, you know, there's a tribute in the middle of this produced by Entertainment 720. Mm. And there's a video. Mm. And as he's teeing it up, he, John Ralphio looks at Donna and says, I hope you brought a change of clothes because you're about to piss tears. <laughs> <laughs> and Donna, this is where part two comes in. She just looks right at him and goes, you, you nasty. nasty. <laughs> so that is my two part AKA for this week. LOL and yuck. That's yeah. that's brilliant. Nice job. Uh, yeah, the writing, you know, I didn't write them. Love it. I just pick them. Well, Mark, should we move on into the breakdown? Yes, let's break it down. All right. Well, in our cold open, um, it's 95 seconds. It's fairly long. It's plot relevant. And we see John Ralphio talking with Tom in his office. Apparently, they're discussing uh, business ideas. Um, after a few uh, entertaining discussions that we're privy to, including some insight as to how John Ralphio made his money, um, we witness the birth of an empire. Yeah. As Tom comes up with the idea for John Ralphio to A, create Pawnee's first and only high-end all-media entertainment conglomerate. B, it'll include audio, video, movies, 3D movies, nightclubs, iPhone apps, blah, blah, blah. C, and it's called Entertainment 720 because you're willing to go around the world twice for your clients. And John Ralphio is really excited by this and tells Tom to join him. And we can see that Tom already at this point, we can see Tom is interested, but uh, he's hesitant to leave his job. Yeah. Well, John Ralphio is like, man, I, I, you know, I can't do this without you. And Tom says, I don't know, man, I'd have to quit my job. And he's like, all right, I'll do it without you. <laughs> yeah, John yeah. Ralphio. <laughs> he's a nut. He's Because he's so passionate. He's all in a dude. I can't do this without you. I don't know. Okay, I'll do it without all you. Right, I'll do it without you. <laughs> Whatever. And, you know. <laughs> I got run over by Alexis. Oh my God. Yeah. That was, oh, so funny. So funny. So, Tom, and Tom doesn't, don't they, in a talking head, where both of them are in it. And Tom says, I mean, I can't believe you got all that money. And one of my favorite parts, John Ralphio looks over at him and says, You want to get run over? I got a guy. I got a guy. He's gentle. <laughs> what, is the, what is the quote? He says, uh, he says, uh, a super gentle, minor scrapes and bruises, major dollars and cents. And then he kind of looks at the camera like, oh, my God, dude, are you for real? So funny. When he said major dollars and cents, I almost saluted him. Yeah. Major dollars and cents. There it is. 
Yeah. Well, Mark, you know, I don't know the. I know we kind of briefly mentioned it at the top. We should probably mention it before we move into the next scene. The cold open we just talked through is the cold open in the producer's cut. You know, that's a great point, Alan. Yeah. And we should also make clear we are reviewing in this breakdown yes, the producer's cut. Absolutely. I mean, we, we've, we're kind of familiar with, yeah. with the regular All 28 one as minutes well. Of it. Yeah. Holy hell. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's the also creates a nice segue into our next thing, which is in scene one of this episode, we have basically what was the original cold open mm. of the standard yeah, episode. Yeah. And, you know, Mark, I, I would say that I want to play this, but first I want to set it up and then we can talk about yeah, it. Yeah, okay? sure. You know, the whole gang, including Andy's gathered in the bullpen for this scene, and we're going to eventually add the janitor. And mm. you'll understand why I mentioned that in a yeah. moment. Uh, and then we're going to have two really interesting and fun talking heads from Ron and from Leslie. Mm, okay, let's go for it. All right, let's play that scene. Constantine, you got that ready, buddy? All right, here we go. I have some very important news about our favorite mini horse, Lil Sebastian. Lil Sebastian! He died last night. No! But we can take comfort in the fact that he's in heaven now, doing the two things he loves doing the most, eating carrots and urinating freely. When I walked in this morning and saw the flag was at half-mast, I thought, all right, another bureaucrat ate it. <laughs> but then I found out it was little Sebastian. Half-mast is too high. Show some damned respect. Because of all he's done for the town, we are going to be holding a small memorial service for him. But for now, I think we should bow our heads in a moment of silence. It's times like this, when someone or some horse passes, that you really take stock of your life. So much to talk about there, Mark. Um, I love that when the janitor comes in playing the Shania Twain song, that even though they're in the middle of this moment of respectful silence, Andy can't help but jam out a little bit. Did nod his head and jam as the song is going. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, that was great. I mean, what what I that's a great clip to play. It, I think what maybe didn't come across so clearly is maybe with the exception of Andy, the big goof. Yeah. Um, everybody else was a little not upset, but a little no. it was very awkward because, you know, they're they're very sad and they're trying to have this moment yeah. of silence. And then, you know, uh, 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 that comes in and <laughs> like uh, that doesn't really match the, the mood. here. Not not so much. Also, how great is. Ron's talking head oh like this, of all the things in his life that this is show some damn like you could see he's just palpable he's like he's just he's angry and sad and frustrated all at the same and time. He's, he's all the things yes yes <laughs> oh my gosh uh, well the other thing too I you know I know we mentioned Leslie's talking head here in a second as well but yeah the Apparently, I learned on the producer's cut if you listen to that as well that this actually happened in real life as the writers were all like kind of oh, yeah. feeling really kind of dark and a little sad about little Sebastian's passing. Yeah. A janitor walked in playing like a, a an irreverent pop song. Yeah, yeah. So I think they even said it was Shania Twain. I don't know I, that it was this one. Right. But they said it was Shania Twain. Oh and, my gosh. And, and I, I was it 
was it Mike Schur who who was, was saying it? Sure. Yeah, and yeah. he was talking about how this and when in real life when this happened, the janitor came in yeah. and this the, the loud pop song is playing, and then he would go into a room and it would kind of die down <laughs> a little out. bit, and they'd like start to get back to work, and then he'd come back into the main yeah. room uh, like five uh, times. Like yeah, it's like oh, dude, come on. <laughs> uh, that would have really pissed Ron off. <laughs> um, I, I really like Leslie's talking head here um and i i think we played you know some good parts but maybe not completely all of it but you know she's basically saying hey there's times in your life when stuff happens and you you take stock and you figure out what's important right what you truly care about and they often do this i found especially recently it seems like they've been doing this they'll play a talking head and while we're listening to the talking head Sometimes other things are playing yeah. out in the background montage, as well. Yeah. A little montage. Yeah. So we see a couple things happening here in this montage uh, while Leslie's having her talking head uh, just to kind of punctuate her point almost. And it's very interesting what they choose for each of them. So one is uh, Ben's having lunch with Leslie. This is at some point in the past, I'm yeah. assuming. Ben's having lunch with Leslie, affectionately wiping her mouth while she's smiling. So it's very sweet, you know. Another one is is uh, Andy happily shining someone's shoes. And then you see April kind of looking on from the side, kind of smiling at Andy, which is very sweet as well. And then, you know, Donna is carefully polishing her baby, the Mercedes <laughs> Benz, Ben, yeah. which is fitting. It's I suppose. Um, and then finally, we see Tom on his computer concentrating on a document with the title Entertainment 720 Business Plan. So, like, it's already in the forefront yeah. of his head, we yeah. can see. It's very important to him. Yeah. Yeah, this scene set up a lot for the rest of the episode, didn't yes, it? Yes, yeah, sure did. Absolutely. Well, Mark, in this next scene, it takes place in Anne's office. But for the sake of this episode, I'm going to na- rename this uh, Rendezvous Point Alpha. Oh, I like it. Yeah. yeah. Well, Ben enters Anne's Rendezvous Point Alpha, um, clearly looking for Leslie. And, and she's not there. And then it looks like he's slightly embarrassed when he sees Anne there. And <laughs> he's not real what you'd call smooth. No, like, he's Like, hey, not. Anne, how's it going? So you don't have to pretend. You want to meet Leslie. Yes, but I also wish to know how it's going. <laughs> I mean, not that he doesn't like Anne, but he was no. clearly there for. He walked into know. Anne's office expecting Leslie and got Anne. Right. This is kind of a, a little precursor. Right. Right. Yes. Yes, it is. Um and, and Anne reassures him, look, I, I know, I know about your meetings. It's, it's, it's fine. Just, you know, oh, we then learn via Anne talking head that her old <laughs> office mate, I think his name was Stuart, Stuart that yeah. we found in the, the bubble was not real pleased with all the balloons and yeah, stuff. So yeah, I yeah. think he said nuts to you and then moved down the hall. So right. she has the whole room to herself yeah. now. Well, well herself sorta. and Leslie and Ben 40 times a day. Good Lord. <laughs> so and Anne tells Ben, basically, she says, I'm cool with it, but. If you please do me a favor, don't do stuff yeah. on my on my desk. And Ben <laughs> tries to reassure her. We don't we don't do that. We just work together and hold hands. And yet the way he says it, it's like, oh, that's almost worse. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> LOL and aw. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, back in the bullpen, it's time to stop the morning and get to the planning and, and, you know, and pass notes like you're in junior high. Good Lord. (laughs) So (laughs) Leslie and the gang are now in a conference room and they're discussing Lil Sebastian's memorial service. And they cover several main points, including but not limited to a 
the fact that they want to go all out, but their budget is only six hundred dollars. So, yeah. you know, there's that <laughs> B maintenance is going to set up the stage. C Ron will be laying the ceremonial wreath. <laughs> D Jerry will be reading an Italian poem by Dante something or other. Uh-huh. And the E Andy has been tasked by Leslie to write a memorial song like candle in the wind, but 5,000 times better, please. Yeah. Easy, easy. Yeah. And then Leslie then uh, passes out a memo uh, for everyone containing little Sebastian facts with the intention of giving <clears throat> a special memo uh, to, to Ben. But <laughs> apparently the uh, special memo ends up somehow with Jerry, who is very confused as to why his says you have a cute butt. Oh, I love it. That's weird. It, you know, it must be a typo. It must be a typo. Yeah. I love April. Two things. First here as part of this, she goes, yeah, Jerry, it's probably a typo because it probably should say you have a cube butt. And Tom about pees himself oh laughing. He so thinks that is just the funniest thing he's ever heard in his he's life. He's like a five-year-old. Like he thinks that's as funny as crazy iron the douche. Oh, easily. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's the same laugh, isn't it? Yeah, it's like he's slapping the table. He's laughing so hard. And Jerry is not going to let it go. No, he won't let it go. So, well, what the the, the question is, why is mine different? Yeah, why? Pause. They all look up at the head of the table to Leslie. Leslie kind of looks back at them and wisely creates a (laughs) distraction by chanting, Cuba, Cuba, Cuba. And you notice that everybody is chanting except. Mr. De- Mr. Dagger Eyes for Ron. Yeah. Who is looking on stoically, which I figure is either because a he's clearly deeply affected by Lil Sebastian's death, which is possible. Maybe it started that way. Or B, does he possibly suspect something? I think he has a moment here where he clocks what's going on. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mark, the only other thing worth mentioning here is that I, I love, you know, April has this moment where she is as soon as Leslie asks Andy to create the, oh, yeah, the song yeah, yeah. and he says easy right she's like hey if you want a song from Andy Dwyer you know lead singer of Mouse Rat yeah you should know he doesn't get out of bed for less than a thousand bucks nope and Leslie goes well he sleeps on a futon so how about 50 bucks sold F- not just sold finger guns <laughs> oh yeah sold, sold. <laughs> <laughs> uh, such a good scene. Well, over at the Ann Perkins Hospital, Mark. Yep. Yeah, I call it the APH now. Nah. Uh, we know that Ann is off today, and that, but Chris is going to get to enjoy the warm bedside manners of Dr. Harris directly. Good God. <laughs> yeah, Chris is just having one of them there examinations uh, with the sometimes rude and inconsiderate uh, the Dr. Harris. Uh, I always think of him when he's at Ann's party and he's like, this isn't fun. So I'm going to go. I'm going to go. And I'm going to take this book, too. <laughs> anyway, so Chris <laughs> like has the, the examination with uh, Dr. Harris, the, the rude guy. And Dr. Harris tells Chris he has tendinitis, which Chris is somewhat perhaps overly um, alarmed at. And Dr. Harris, it kind of seems like he's trying to be a little comforting for Dr. Harris a little bit, like where he oh. says, look, these things happen with men his age. Which that now that part didn't go over real well no. either. Like men my age, I mean, how old do you think I am? Live to be, or he says like you're 42. No, I'm 44, and I plan to be live to be 150. Okay, okay. all right. <laughs> and but Chris trying to be optimist because yeah. that's his baseline. Yeah, and he says, okay, what's the cure? 
And I think we mentioned this in the case. Yeah, this is Dr. Like, Harris just says, get a time machine, go back to being 20. And he's so hurt. He's so hurt. I love it. Dr. Harris, you're literally the meanest, meanest person, person I've ever read. Oh, my God. Well, Mark, I call this next scene, Mom and Dad Decide to Support Little Tommy in His School Project, oh. subtitled Pixelated Mini Horse Junk. Oh, I love it. Yeah. You are spot on there yeah. with everything, the things you just said. Mm-hmm. Um, so Ben and Leslie are meeting with Ron in his office and they're discussing uh, the permits for the memorial, I think. And Tom all of a sudden bursts in and tells them John Ralphio's new company, Entertainment 720, is willing to put on Lil Sebastian's memorial service pro bono just to get some publicity or pub, as he calls it. And Ron is understandably hesitant because he's. Ron's met John Ralphio yeah. before. And he's Ron, a clown. And Ron has a very definitive <laughs> opinion of John Ralphio. He's a clown. But since Tom has promised to oversee everything and make sure it goes smoothly, Leslie and Ron, as you alluded to, I think, kind of have a series of exchanges. There's a little exchange. And, between, and, yeah. Which is great. And, and Leslie convinces Ron, I think, to give John Ralphio and by extension mm-hmm. Tom a shot. Mark, this episode right here, I mean, it's not even the first of them. Moran's already had what I would call his, uh, you know, epiphany in the last scene. But this episode's just full of these knowing looks, you know. Oh, my gosh. Basically acting with no dialogue and very little movement whatsoever, literally just making eye contact. I completely agree. I actually took that as as a note that I wanted to bring up. It seems like this whole episode in particular has some of the best facial acting by really by almost everybody. Like it's not uncommon for us to call it Nick Offerman. He's really good at it in particular. And they're all kind of good, but man, they, I mean, everybody was on fire here. Yeah. Well, acting is reacting. (laughs) Yes, it is. And Ellen, you had brought up, uh, you know, kind of like a mom and dad moment. And I, yeah, I think you and I had, much. had both listened to the commentary yeah. for the producer's cut and um, it, which is on the DVD series, which yeah. we'd highly recommend. And they talk about how in this scene alone, uh, Amy Poehler and Nick Offerman have some of the best mom and dad faces looking back and forth like they're trying to decide not to trust Tom. It's just so well done. If, if you have an opportunity to watch this, watch that yeah. scene. Well, it's a bit of. Him saying, are you kidding? And her saying, oh, come on, let's give him a chance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But none of that is said. It's nope. just all in a couple of glances. No, nope, it's yeah. perfect, though. It's, it's brilliant. Yeah. I love it. Well, the next scene is one of those hallway conversations that we've all had at some point, Mark. You know, it's either uh, that or a Fellini film about death playing a chess match on a beach. I'm not sure which. I like the beach thing. Yeah, that's more of what happens here. So... <laughs> Chris and Anne meet in the hallway and Anne asks Chris how he's doing. And he says, I'm dying. And then she learns <laughs> he's not he's not really dying. It's his tendonitis. But I mean, I think this is the first like real glimpse that we as the audience have of how I mean, for better or for worse, how deeply this is affecting. I, it seems Chris. silly to us, but he's taking it very seriously. Yeah. yeah. And Anne also tells Chris while they're talking about little Sebastian's memorial service. I think he was unaware that, that he had died, uh, at, at passed away at that point. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and Chris takes it rather hard. Obviously he's kind of projecting and dovetailing into his own growing fears about mortality, et cetera. So yeah. he kind of, you know, walks off like, Oh, death is inevitable. Goodbye. Ann Perkins. You know, <laughs> then he leaves like, Holy crap, man. Well, Ann says, you know, look, he was old and he had a lot of ailments and Chris, <laughs> Chris goes like tendonitis. <laughs> 
<laughs> this guy, I don't know. I don't have his chart in front of me. Could uh, you get it? <laughs> there no, is no, it's a chart. horse. <laughs> Death is inescapable. Oh, God. Well, just in case Leslie and Anne needed another bo- thing to bond over, they both now have the avoid Chris in their daily top five. Yes, they do. So we have a nice little scene here with Leslie with her bestie. Um, Anne's in Leslie's office with her, and Leslie is is clearly primping for her um, imminent uh, rendezvous, rendezvous. Uh, with with Ben in a few minutes in, in Anne's office. Um, and Anne is really happy to see Leslie so happy and pumped up about a guy. And Leslie comments that right now, um, classic sitcom alert, her life seems almost perfect. Yeah. See, you jinxed it right there, Leslie. A little um, bit. Except maybe that they have to sneak around. And yet that can be kind of fun, too. Um, so when Leslie asks Anne how she's doing, Anne says, yeah, I'm doing pretty well, except I ran into Chris again. And man, that guy always seems to throw me off my game. Well, and Leslie then doubles down and says, look, don't even talk to me about Chris. You know, yeah. uh, all she can think about is the fact that he's going to find out about her and Ben and fire them both. So <laughs> and, and just kind of gives her a flat stare. Uh, oh, and about how much he hurt you. There you go. There you go. Yep. <laughs> she had to reel it in and become a friend there for a moment. Right. We've all been there. Yep. Yeah. Well, Mark, have you ever walked into a room and for just a moment, you're pretty sure you've entered the wrong room? Well, that's exactly what's about to happen to Leslie. Um, you know, I think we might want to just play this next clip and oh, yeah. come back and chat about yes, it. Yes, absolutely. Hello, Leslie. How long have you been sleeping with Ben? Don't. What? How long have you been sleeping with Ben? That's disgusting and wrong. I don't even get... Why would I, I've never had sex with anyone anywhere? It's none of your. You have the nerve, the audacity. Ben is my boss, technically, and he is terrible face-wise. And how how do I know, frankly, that you're not sleeping with him? Maybe you are. Maybe you're trying to throw me off. Hmm. Check and mate. This is an outrage. Who do I call? Hey, 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 hey. hey. Hey, Ron. Hey. Listen, you're just who I was looking for. Are you... Did you forget the... Um, did you... Can, can I get that thing? Can we just... Uh, did you bring it? Mm-hmm. This isn't convincing. How did you find out? We've worked together for a while now. I'd like to think I know you pretty well. Plus, Ben butt-dialed me last night. Oh, dear. <laughs> okay, okay. And this is how Eleanor Roosevelt would kiss. Oh. <laughs> Whoa. Eleanor likes the tongue. <laughs> Show me Pelosi again. <laughs> okay, lay down. Uh, Please tell me you hung up before Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Unfortunately not. Uh, this is a scandal waiting to happen. If you get caught, which you clearly will, Chris will fire you. And I won't be able to stop him. Ron, we're being very careful. Oh, President Reagan, my blazer popped open. <laughs> well, Maggie Thatcher, let me help you with that. It's going to be a bumpy ride to this summit meeting. Our countries have had a very okay. special relationship. Yes. Oh, no. <laughs> You've proven your point. <laughs> uh, oh, my gosh. Uh, gosh. Uh, it's just so much of everything in, in that scene. <laughs> um and I know it's it's hard to fully see it just hearing it, but at the same time, even if you just go off the audio alone, my God, these two they are they're not they're they I I'm like, I'm with Ron here. They are going to get caught. They're not good at, at subterfuge. 
No, 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 they're not. Um, and, you know, so one thing that obviously doesn't come across quite as clear as it could in the audio clip is, but you can probably imagine ours, Ron's stoic, stony faced, you know, yes. silences and gazes as he just kind of like stares Leslie yeah. down like they teach in uh, Quantico <laughs> and uh, and Leslie, because you hear the the pauses like Leslie's defended herself yeah. and then she's like, this is an outrage. <laughs> like she just because she knows that he's not swayed at all. He just um, let her keep taking her own rope. She's going to hang herself with it. And, and it's like, this is going to be a, a theme. I get it. And we just talked about this, but I have to say it again. This episode has some of the best facial acting, not just by by Nick Offerman here as Ron, but I I, I love, I particularly love when Adam Scott uh, uh, comes in as Ben and he, you know, he's like, hey, 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 Ron. And he <laughs> awkwardly tries to transition seamlessly from being excited to see Leslie to pretending he's there to see Ron about something. And yes, uh, he fails, but like, uh, the, no, the he nailed he it, Mark. Is, oh he nailed God. it. <laughs> the way he does it is so funny. Uh, yeah, the physicality of some of their their acting in general, and and it's it's body language in addition to facial reactions, but it all combines to be very very funny. And I also particularly like, you know, Ron as kind of an authority figure, saying, you know, if you get caught and raising his voice, and you clearly will, mm-hmm. and then like softer and more concerned. I, I'm not going to, Chris is going to fire you and mm-hmm. I, I won't be able to stop him. And I think he's actually concerned like, cause he doesn't want to lose Leslie as well. I think that's his biggest concern here. In fact, mm. and, and we know that, you know, not only Ron because he's Ron, because of his political views and his feelings for Leslie, you know, he doesn't care. Oh no. Like he just wants to make sure that they don't get in trouble which is his biggest fear. Right. Well, Mark, much like the first draft of many great songs, we can all be thankful that Little Sebastian's tribute song went through what's called a focus group or two before becoming one of the most awesome mouse rat tunes ever. Yeah, let's call this the alpha phase. Yes. Um, (laughs) April is with Andy at the shoeshine stand, and he's working on his song, his tribute song for the Little Sebastian Memorial. And... And he asks for April's help and she says, just what's your favorite one so far? Go ahead and play it for me. Yeah. And he does. And it is not good. We don't know the title, but I think it's got to be champion of death. Yeah. He says champion, the champion of death several times and death and you're dead. And and then he keeps saying, and then (laughs) at which point he's singing this. The camera goes again. I'm sorry. This is going to be the theme, but but it has yeah. to be said. The camera goes right to Aubrey Plaza's face, mm-hmm. who is looking right at the camera, yeah. slightly biting her lip, like she can't even believe what's She's happening. Semi horrified, like, like and, yeah. and maybe maybe a little bit trying not to laugh, like not in a mean way, yeah. but like holy crap, what is yeah. happening here? Bad. And she suddenly suggests, hey, maybe what you should do is the dead death, <laughs> your dead champion of death thing. Maybe not that. That's a lot coming from April, whose best friend is Orin at this point. Wow. I hadn't even considered that. Like, (laughs) you may want to back off on the dark death, death of the dark death stuff. Yeah. (laughs) And Andy goes, see, you're helping me already. Awesome. Nailed it. Oh, my God. Well, it's the now the day of the big event. And once again, Leslie superpowers will be put to the test. Um, Good thing that she is 100 percent laser focused, Mark, on making the task at hand come to fruition just like always (laughs) like always well we're now this is an outside shot and we're at the site uh roughly speaking of the upcoming little sebastian memorial and i I wrote down that this is the wamapoke county fairgrounds because i wanted to make it sound fancier than it really is i think it's like a vacant lot but you know hey 
It could be the lot, I, in fact. You know what? I don't know. Because it, it, was, it was tough to get a, a, an idea of scale. Like with Harvest Festival, I know we had some really cool yeah. aerial shots and crane shots, and it gave you an idea yeah. of the scope. We knew that it was a, in air quotes, big deal. Yeah. And it was. Yeah. But we don't know, like, I don't think this is quite that scale. It probably was. And maybe it is just the vacant lot near Ann's house, but that we're never sure. We're never sure. But anyway, I like the Wamako Wamako County Fairgrounds. Yeah. So there, um, Ben and Leslie are standing together and they're talking about their um situation. (laughs) And they they come to the conclusion that they need to stop fooling around at work. And they're 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 in mid-embrace for another <clears throat> forbidden kiss when they are interrupted by the guy I like to call George the Janitor. Yeah. Um, asking, George Jansen. George Jansen. That's right. George Jansen is his name. Asking what he, George Jansen, should do with whatever the hell he's like. Something about Bob he's holding. I don't even know what it is. Um, what is it, Alan? Um, I, I don't know. Actually, I think it's the torch, honestly. Is it really? It is. He's holding the torch saying, what should I do with this? Because it's obviously too soon to do anything with it. I was all ready to make fun of you. And that's actually smart. I didn't didn't realize that's what it was. He addresses them as, hey, lovebirds. Yeah. (laughs) So long story short, the list of people who now know about their, you know, tryst Uh are Leslie's mom, the great Marlene. Sure. uh, Ron. Yep. And that guy. That guy. Yeah. Oh, boy. Well, Mark, they said that there are a thousand shades of white out there. Um, I know for a fact that there are at least 50 shades of gray. <laughs> that That's up for debate. Well, sure. And, and, but how many shades of black do you think there are? I, I was going to say two. No, seven. It's exactly seven. Oh, all right. Well, I think you're right, according to this scene. Yeah. Tom is standing next to Jerry. I like the cat and mouse. When John Ralphio comes dancing up, but da 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 bang <laughs> <laughs> and he and he holds up a board. I love him. He is so he's so he's so he's a clown, but I love him. He is. He's I, very happy to be talking about things like memorial ribbons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His <laughs> mood doesn't really hold, does no. it? So he's holding a board with several dark pieces of material uh, on it. Yeah. And when John Ralphio asks for Tom's opinion, Jerry <laughs> comments that <laughs> Jerry comments that I know why you're laughing. Jerry comments <laughs> that all of them are black. And this causes both John Ralphio and Tom to laugh and really scoff at Jerry. Like, what are they? Clearly, they're not. And Tom then proceeds to just boom, 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 name off all of the quote unquote different dark colors, therefore proving Jerry wrong. So we got a little bit of PBJ here. Well, a lot of PBJ in a short amount of time. Uh-huh. Uh, Mark, just uh-huh. first of all, uh-huh. they go right into the list of colors, which I've got to, I'm going to come back to, uh-huh. but they just, they <laughs> drop this thing and they move on so quickly that you're really prone to miss it. And, and John, <laughs> Tom says, are these for the Memorial Ribbons? And John Ralphio, he says, no doubt. Which one floats your penis? <laughs> <laughs> what? To do that justice, they needed to just pause and go, that's right, ladies and gentlemen. That, <laughs> that's what he said. That's yeah. what he just said. Tom and Jerry didn't didn't flinch, <laughs> but they should have. Oh, my gosh. So funny. Uh, then Jerry, Jerry kind of steps on it. You know, not the penis, but <laughs> kind of and says they're all black. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe to the layman, Jerry, but we got obsidian, yep. onyx. Midnight, yep. Lost Soul, Rolling Blackout, Sleeping Panther, and Void by Armani. That's my favorite one. <laughs> my yeah. God. So funny. Uh, uh, I love the writing on this show sometimes. Me too. 
Well, Mark, I know that we have acted as each other's health accountability partner in the past. That's, that's right. true, right? Yep. Um, we should probably both be fired, by the way. I'm, but that's a conversation for another time. No, dude, you suck. I've seen <laughs> I, me lately. I, uh, uh, we, we owe each other apologies. We certainly yeah. do. But we can talk more about that off the air. Yep. Uh, for now, I think, though, that this is what Chris probably needs here, and it probably should not be Anne. Yes and yes. Um, so Anne is putting, I couldn't, it looks like maybe Anne is putting itineraries on the, on the flyers on the, on the, the chairs, on something. the empty yeah, chairs, yeah, yeah. just in preparation for yeah. the audience gathering. Right. And Chris walks up to her in a very uh, dramatic yeah. way. And, and like and he sees her and he's like, oh, there she is. Like, Anne, I'm so glad to see you. And like, ask Anne to prepare. Like, not, I'm not going to ask you, I'm, I want you to prepare for an important question. And so this like gets Anne's attention. Like they sit down and I, I'm sure that in Anne's mind, she's like, what, what's he building up to? What, what is about to happen here? Yeah. Cause he's being very, and he's kind of leaning in Yeah, and he's being very dramatic and very uh, intense. And, um, you know, and then finally she, you know, the question is, is, is tendonitis symptomatic of something larger? And, <laughs> and, and then this is the, when Anne, she tries to be polite, but she's like, she finally loses her patience yeah. with Chris and says, I'm sorry, Chris. I'm not your nurse. I'm not your girlfriend. I thought I was twice and I, and I was <laughs> wrong. And that's way embarrassing. But I'm, you just have to respect boundaries. I'm not ready to be your friend. And I think Chris is a little embarrassed and apologizes and, and then leaves Anne alone. Yeah. He says, look, of course, I'm sorry. I just hope we can be friends before I die. <laughs> <laughs> oh. He's in such a dark place over tendonitis. He, he really is. And he's a pretty intense individual anyway. So when he goes here, I think he really spirals. I think that's true. Yeah. Well, speaking of being in dark places, you know, sometimes, Mark, I know we've, we've been there and we haven't yet crossed that line. Leslie and Ben not only crossed the line, but they gave it a gift certificate. Oh, geez. Well, yeah, they're 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 clearly afraid the line. I mean, George, the janitor. um, might say something to give them away. So Leslie and Ben figure, let's go talk to him and um, a explain the perfectly normal and clearly not romantic reason why they were embracing B encourage him to go ahead and go ahead and you just take the rest of the day off. We'll cover your duties at the memorial. You just go ahead, go ahead. And then C, uh, I actually, I have a gift certificate for a massage (laughs) right here and you can have it. How do you like damn apples? It just happens to be in my pocket. And, and George, the janitor is a little Mm -hmm. nonplussed and I'm not sure that he, uh, in air quotes, believes them but i mean no. he's like okay thanks you know and and he gladly accepts the gift certificate and leaves to enjoy the rest of his day off I, I mean i love that at first they're trying to convince him they say look we were just really happy we're both up for this thing <laughs> leslie goes i won the macarthur genius grant <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah, that was it. Yeah, yeah. why not? Yeah. Uh, so that's what the hug was all about. Sure it was, he says. Yikes. Look, I, I think quite honestly, they, you know, they made the mountain out of the molehill here. If they probably had just pretended like he hadn't seen it, I don't think George gave a crap. No, I, I don't think that George is a super secret spy that's going to no. be like really ambitious and try to, you know, finagle this into some sort of life changing event or money or anything. <laughs> I think he just wanted to set things up and go home. Yeah, I think that's probably true. And I don't think either of them is a genius at this point. No. Well, the big event is about to kick off and we'll get started with a series of guest appearances here, including something called the Road Apples. I don't know. My my notes aren't very good. Famous band. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
they're kind of down in the dumps right now. Um, <laughs> anyway, so it's it, it's time for the memorial. I hope someone sweeps up after. <laughs> okay, go ahead. <laughs> wow. So it's it's time for the memorial to actually start. The preparation has all been uh, done and prepared. And so it's starting to start. It's, it's now dark. It's probably late evening or night at this yeah. point. And we see a bunch of people seated in front of a stage. And on the stage is a large video screen of some sort framed, I think, with makeshift curtains. And the screen says, farewell, Lil Sebastian. And there's banners on either side of the screen that read a tribute to Lil Sebastian. So, I mean, they, they've really done all yeah, they can to kind nice, of make actually. it look, look pretty nice. Yeah. And Leslie gets up to the mic. And it certainly seems as though it's a big event. Like we talked about. I don't know that's as big as Harvest Festival. But it seems it's not a small deal. Yeah. You know? I think the stage here is bigger than the Harvest Festival stage, actually. But oh, that could be pretty big for for Little Pawnee. Right, right. So Leslie goes up to the mic and she welcomes everybody and she starts the memorial by bringing on stage not only Lil Sebastian's owners, Mike and Elizabeth Stone, but also two of Lil Sebastian's closest friends, a couple of mini horses named Ladybug and Coconut. <laughs> and during all this, we see occasional shots of Tom uh, standing on the sidelines with headphones on yeah. in communication with others, you know, cue music and lights and go Ladybug, go Coconut. So, you know, and everyone walks. It's kind of like stage managing, basically. Yeah, yeah. Coconut and Ladybug are both in position. Repeat, both in position. So he's <laughs> it certainly seems at this point like Tom is taking this responsibility yeah. seriously and he's doing a pretty good job. I think he is. In fact, I think without him, it's. I think it's fair to say Leslie would not be pulling off this particular event unlike her normal self. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. I, I love here too that you know you you alluded to it. You know, Coconut just took a dump on stage. <laughs> we found out in the producer's commentary unplanned, and so they kind oh, of yeah. they wrote the poop in. So yep. you got to find opportunities where they drop Mark and or something and take advantage of them. Yeah, that's what the great ones always say. You got to write the poop in. <laughs> Well, backstage, we start to see the beginnings of the crack in the foundation that was caused by, you know, George's early departure. That's right. And so it's a, it's a little bit later at this point, And Leslie is um, off stage somewhere and she's looking at a list uh, probably of things that need to be done still or, or order of events or something. And Tom walks up to Leslie and tells her that, God, that's weird. That maintenance guy. He bailed. He's up and disappeared. It's weird. And and he had a, a bum, 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 he had the fuel for the eternal flame. This is kind of like when um, John McClane accidentally gets the bag from the terrorist and has the detonators and upsets, you know, Hans Gruber. Yeah. It's a lot like that. I almost said those exact words. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and uh, <laughs> I love Die Hard. And, so uh, and Leslie tells Tom. She'll take care of it and sends him to start the uh, video presentation. And and she then turns to Jerry, who's preparing to read his Italian poem and ask him to go get some propane instead. And he is not real happy with this change no. of, of, of circumstances, but <sighs> he'll do it for little Sebastian. And so he goes ostensibly to get the propane. And Leslie, at this point, as you said, we start seeing some cracks appear here, like she's getting a little flustered. Yeah, I'm curious how they'll fix this ripple effect that might happen. Right. Well, Mark, I know that this next scene is going to be our last one of part one. We're on the, you know, the the Little Sebastian Memorial main stage. And, you know, it starts with, you know, pissing tears and ends with, well, <laughs> technically the same thing, I guess. And there's a whole bunch of important stuff in the middle. Sh should we just play this one to play yes, us out today? That's a great call. All right. <laughs> 
Now we have a special presentation courtesy of the folks at Entertainment 720. And Hope you're about to change your clothes. Because your eyes are about to piss tears. <coughs> you nasty. <laughs> Where are we going in life? What is the meaning of all of this? These are questions little Sebastian never had to answer because he was a horse. Instead, he just brought us joy and happiness. And isn't that the point? You gotta join the company. I'm the bank, but you're the money. I know, Jay, but it'd be a big leap. Then I will take that leap with you. I'm Thelma, you're Louise. You can't die full of regret. Why don't you live your life like that cow from the video? <laughs> Who's a horse? Yeah, because he followed his dreams. There was no obstacle too large, no mountain too high, no valley too low. Little Sebastian had a long life filled with wonder. Good night, little Sebastian, forever. That is so good. There's so much good. Not only is Tom's British accent one of the best things about that scene, but I I, I love the way they did it, actually. I mean, and this is getting into the technical merits of, of, of that particular sequence. But, you know, they've kind of got the kickoff. We see what's going on as the audience. They don't like play the whole memorial video mm -hmm. although we do have it and we may play it for you mm -hmm. um but you know then they get to the business of this conversation between tom and john ralphio which you know tom's future kind of hinges upon really yeah and uh and then you know i in the producer's cut we actually found out that that scene was actually shot out of sequence and added here i don't know just i love the way they edited it they just made it all very seamless i i very much agree i i like it was interesting what they did with the video. And I know we didn't see uh, all of it in the yeah. show, but it, it, it seems very much like at least this is what I thought. It seems very much like some of the silly, bombastic, uh, uh, overly in involved gravitas uh, over the top stuff that Tom's tried to do in previous episodes like Summer Catalog, for yeah. example. Here, however, it really works and, and the audience is really into it. Yep. Um, I don't know that I would say that his... Uh, his British accent is good, <laughs> but, but, you know, it, it, it works for it. And, it works. And yeah, this whole conversation that Tom and John Ralphio have backstage. Um, I mean, John Ralphio by nature is just, it's hard to take the dude seriously. Yeah. It just, it just is. And yet for him, this is about, this is about as serious and heartfelt as John Ralphio gets, it, yeah. you know, like you, dude, you got to do this and you can't, you can't die full of regret, which I thought was deceptively insightful on his part. Of course, he follows that up <laughs> by saying, why, why don't you live your life like that cow, cow from the, the video? video? He was a horse. Yeah, because he followed his dreams. <laughs> like, so he, he would have stayed a cow had he not followed his dreams is what he's really saying. That's that's the cause and effect. The cow <laughs> became a horse because he followed his dreams. And he grew wings and learned to fly. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff. All right, Mark. Well, that wraps up part one of Little Sebastian. Lil Sebastian. Lil, excuse me. That's right. Yeah, you got to say that right. Mm. Separately from this, we're going to drop one of our two 
Pawnee Spotlights. And I think we're going to kick off with Norm Hiscock this week. Nice. And uh, so we'll, we'll, we'll be on the lookout for that. And then next week, we'll be back to wrap up part two of Lil Sebastian. That's right. And we're going to drop yet another special edition. Wow. We yeah. are nice. Yeah. This is all in helping us celebrate our one year anniversary. Oh, good so, call. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we want to thank everybody for joining this week and we really look forward to seeing you again next week. All right. Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone. Live from Pawnee is a copyrighted production of the creators. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved. Original music was created and performed by Aaron Emerson of Emerson Studios. Clips are used under fair use doctrine for the purpose of commentary and parody. Please see our website at livefrompawnee.com for more details or to contact us. Music